thank you so much for joining us. You might notice today that things look a bit different because my friend Tanya is not sitting next to me on the back porch. Um, Ed and I have been uh, exposed to the coronavirus and so we have been quarantined for this whole week. Uh, but we are just fine, we are showing no symptoms. Uh, just being extra precautious um, to stay away from other people and uh, keep everybody safe. Um, so, through the beauty of technology, Tanya will be joining us from her porch. Uh, so, um, before we begin, uh, there are two things I'd like to ask of you. One is that if you're watching this video on Facebook, would you just take a moment to press share? And, um, and as I asked you last week, would you just whisper a prayer that the words that the Lord has given us through the power of the Holy Spirit would reach someone whose heart is just in need of encouragement or healing. Um, we would appreciate that so much. And now, the secondly, uh, Prayer from the Back Porch uh, is available on podcast. So it can be found anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And it would be really awesome if you would look for us and subscribe and share that with others and maybe even give us a five-star review if you feel led. Um, we are excited about that opportunity. So before we begin, begin today, let me pray for us. Father, we pray that the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable to you that nothing that is said on this episode of Prayer from the Back Porch would be anything less than completely honoring and glorifying to you. That is our prayer today, and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, last week we told you about a study called Living Free by Beth Moore. I've done that study twice now, and it has been incredibly powerful in my life and in my walk with the Lord. Um, we shared with you that Beth built this study on the five benefits that God desires for his children. She also calls them gifts, and I just love that idea. These are truly gifts that we receive from the Lord when we are in vital relationship with him. Uh, so these gifts are available to everyone who places their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And each gift is so special and so important. But yet we seem to find ourselves not living in the gift. Uh, we allow the things in this world to come between us and the gifts and desires that God has for us as his children. So just imagine a Christmas morning that comes and goes. And there are gifts under the tree. And we think about stopping and opening them or we consider a time that might be um, available to us to do that but life just keeps getting in the way and eventually those gifts just sit under the tree unopened now we know for us not many of us would avoid those gifts but something about our lives the things that get in the way between us and and spiritual issues just keep us from doing that so our challenge to you today is that you would open the gift, that you would make it a spiritual practice to live in each of these gifts 
uh, every day um, and allow that practice of those gifts to connect you to Jesus and to empower you and to even free you from the things that daily hold us down. So then if we learn to identify the obstacle that prevents those gifts in us, we can learn how to be more intentional in uh, the practice of those gifts. And that is our prayer for us today. We talked about the first of these three gifts last week, to know God and believe in Him. And the obstacle to that gift is unbelief. And this is not about how well we can summon up some great and unwavering faith. What Jesus is asking us here is to believe that He is able. And then the second gift was glorifying God. The opposite of this gift is pride or the practice of glorifying ourselves. So God is glorified when we surrender ourselves and allow him to show himself great and mighty. Remember, God's power is perfected in our weaknesses. We live a God-glorifying life by adopting God-glorifying attitudes. And then the third gift was finding satisfaction in God. And the opposite or the obstacle of that gift is finding satisfaction in anything else, which of course is idolatry because we're putting things in a place where God belongs. So if you weren't able to hear our um, last week's episode, then we encourage you to go back and listen to uh, the conversation about these first three gifts. All right, before we move on to the fourth gift, let me pray. Jesus, thank you for these gifts you so generously give us through a relationship with you. These are the things that we need to live the abundant life you've promised us in your word. Give us an understanding of these gifts of believing you, of glorifying you, of finding satisfaction in you so that we can just press deeper into that union with you. Open our hearts so we're ready to willingly receive these gifts. Give us clarity about the obstacles we face in relation to each of them and give us the power to overcome it. We ask all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So today we're only going to focus on the fourth gift which is God's desire that we would experience his peace. So when I say peace, perhaps it makes you remember the times that you have cried out for peace or the times that you have asked others to pray that you could find peace or maybe even the times that you have found yourself drowning in anxiety, which is the opposite of peace. Or perhaps it reminds you of times when you have felt God's peace settle over you like a warm blanket. Peace is such a sweet and practical gift that comes as a result of our relationship with the Lord. And it is sweet in that there is nothing sweeter than resting in God's peace. And it is practical and that life is hard. We have trials and difficulties coming against us at a fast pace, and peace is the gift God gives us to get us through all of that. And Beth Moore explains it in this way. God does not intend for his peace to be an infrequent surprise. God wants to provide peace as the ongoing rule of our lives. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says it so beautifully. 
Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord will be with you all. Did you catch that? He will give us peace at any time in every situation. It's always available to us. But will you receive that truth? Because peace is possible no matter what we are going through. It's a fruit of the Spirit, so it's produced in us through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. But only as we allow the Spirit freedom to work in us. So it all comes back to union with Christ. The more intentional we are at nurturing our relationship with the Lord, the more we will know Him, believe Him, glorify Him, find satisfaction in Him, and experience His peace, which is greater than what we can really comprehend. So peace is not something that God hopes for us. It's who He is to us. He is called Jehovah Shalom, which means God is our peace. We can't create peace on our own. It's, it's something that we already have. Uh, peace is also not dependent on our circumstances. True peace is something that we experience in the middle of life storms. And we must learn to activate this peace of God in our lives. Isaiah 9-6 references the coming of the Messiah. And there, as it refers to Jesus, it says, He will be called the Prince of Peace. It goes on to speak of how he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. And we are all part of that kingdom on earth. Then in Isaiah 23, it says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. These passages portray the, the key to peace, which is authority. So true peace is the fruit of an obedient, righteous life. It's an issue of surrender. Yielding our lives to him, following his commands and trusting that he will bring the peace of God anywhere at any time. So we have now seen that the authority of Christ over our lives and our surrender to him is truly key to finding his peace, to bringing his peace into our lives. But we want to talk now about the obstacle, that thing that blocks the flow of God's peace in our lives. So we're going to go to a familiar passage uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And I especially relate to the Living Bible translation, translation of that passage. So that's what I'll be sharing with you today. And that passage in Philippians says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And don't forget to thank Him for His answers. And then it tells us the promise. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far greater than the human heart can understand. And then this is a key part of this promise. Then God's peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts at rest and quiet as we trust in Christ Jesus. What an awesome promise. It just lays out what we need to do to find God's peace in our lives. Sadly, we're not great at that. I will be the first to admit that. So I want to turn this passage upside down, if you will. And really speak it. It really speaks to me. It speaks conviction to me. It would say this in the opposite form. Worry about everything. Don't pray. Never tell God your needs. 
then you will not experience God's amazing peace in your life. How sad is that statement? May that not be so for us. It is absolutely clear in this scripture passage that avoiding prayer is a sure prescription for anxiety and a certain way to avoid God's peace. To experience the kind of peace that covers all circumstances, the Bible challenges us to develop an active and authentic prayer life. A prayer life that comes from the depths of who we are. A prayer life that means we sit with God, we tell Him our deepest thoughts and needs, and we do so in an intimate and personal conversation with Jesus. How sweet is that, just to do that? Sadly, we often do everything but pray. So when we're struggling, we automatically think we need something we can hold on to, something more substantial. We study the Bible, we talk to a pastor, we get wise counsel from a friend, and all of those things are good, but we are doing those things quite often because we feel like we need tangible something to get us through this trial. More than sitting still and simply telling God your needs, your struggles, your problems. That's what the, this passage spoke of. Tell God your needs. The enemy claims victory when he has drawn us into a life of prayerlessness. He would rather we do anything but pray. He would rather we work ourselves into the ground because he knows eventually without prayer we will become resentful. He would really like to see us study the Word of God for hours because he knows that without prayer, we lack the ability to have a deep understanding of God's Word. And he knows that without prayer, we don't have the power to live out what the Word is teaching us. He knows that prayerless lives are powerless lives. Would you pray with me? Father, we confess to you our need for tangible evidence of working through struggles. That is simply from the flesh. And we ask your forgiveness for that, Father. We confess that as sin, as, as a step of moving away from you rather than toward you. We thank you that you have shown us in your word that we simply can sit and be still and know who you are and tell you our needs. And your promise is that you will guard our hearts and minds and keep them at quiet and at rest as we trust in you. May we feel that trust today, Father. And it's in your name we pray these things. Amen. When we talked about demolishing strongholds in an earlier session, the scripture revealed two powerful weapons that are available to us, which is God's word, the sword of the spirit, and powerful prayer. Sometimes our battle to find peace is rooted in a weak prayer life. No, that's hard to hear. But the more we talk with God, the better we know him, and then the more we will trust him. And then the more we trust him, the more we sense his peace, especially when the storms of life are raging all around us. Listen closely as I read some words from Beth. 
Prayer matters. The Spirit of God released through our prayers and the prayers of others turns cowards into conquerors, chaos into calm, cries into comfort. The enemy knows the power of prayer. He has been watching it furiously for thousands of years. Beth recalls how she searched the Bible from Genesis to Revelation looking for references to prayer. And of course she found hundreds, but she writes a few of them here. Abraham prayed, Isaac prayed, Jacob prayed, Moses left Pharaoh and prayed, so Moses prayed for the people. Samson prayed, Hannah wept much and prayed, so David prayed, Elijah stepped forward and prayed, and Elisha prayed, O Lord. Job had prayed for his friends, Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Daniel got down on his knees and prayed. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed. And very, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. Can you sense the power of prayer running through the entire fabric of the Bible? If Jesus needed his perfect and divine life to be strengthened by the power of prayer, how much more do we need that power? There's no victory in our lives without prayer. So we want to close today's episode by praying scripture over you and we would hope that you would open your hearts and your minds to the Holy Spirit and that you would allow his word and his peace to be ministered over you as we pray. Father we lift up the words of Isaiah 26 3 to you. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Lord, we pray peace over those who are listening today, those who trust in you and call on your name. May they keep their thoughts fixed on you, even in the midst of life's storms. Your peace is perfect. It's greater than anything we can create on our own. You remind us that you will keep them in peace. We don't have to strive for it. We just have to rest in it. Thank you for this promise. Thank you for your promise of peace. Jesus, we thank you that you have prepared us through your scripture for what we could expect in this life. You tell us we will have trials. We will have sorrows. But Father, I love that passage in John 16, 33 that says, but you can still have my peace. My peace is with you. My peace is on you. Thank you, Father, for that assurance. And thank you that you end that passage by reassuring us and saying, but don't be troubled because I have overcome the world. May we stand strong in that promise. Thank you, Father, for your word and for what it speaks to us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number six, 25 through 27 says, May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Abba, I love this thought of you smiling on us. You shower us with love and affection. You are so gracious to us. Help us slow down and see the many ways you show us your grace each day. Thank you for your favor. We could never deserve it. And thank you for the gift of peace, your peace. We need it, Father. We need it so much right now. The world is chaotic and crazy around us. 
Life is so out of routine. Lord, we need your peace. Thank you for your promises of peace. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a prayer need, it would be our honor to pray for you. You could go to our website at m1bc.org and find the need prayer button and send us your prayer request. I assure you that we pray over those requests while at the same time maintaining your confidentiality. You could also email us at freedom prayer, excuse me, freedom prayer at magnoliasfirst.org if you would like uh, perhaps to have someone praying with you. You can also find a prayer button on uh, the M1BC app. So as we conclude our session today, I want to speak a blessing over you, and that is may the God of peace of God guard your hearts and your minds as you trust in him this week. God bless you.